Well, hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Experience. This is episode 79. 79. Um, we are now just uh, finished up. I guess uh, today will be day eight of early vote in uh, Knox County and in Tennessee for those counties and municipalities that are participating in primary elections. Um, so <clears throat> this is day eight of 15 uh, days of early voting. Uh, and uh, turnout's been got started out really slow uh, on the first couple of days. Now, granted, the first couple of days it started on the Wednesday before Easter, uh, and so there was expectation that maybe uh, Good Friday and the Saturday before Easter was going to be big. It wasn't. Uh, I voted on the uh, Saturday before Easter. Uh, we were, my wife and I were, uh, I think. Two of 131 people, I think, that voted at the most popular early voting center in Knox County uh, on that particular day. Uh, so, anyway, it has started to pick up. Uh, there's several things on the ballot uh, that, you know, I've gone over in previous uh, experiences, previous podcasts, and told you about all the races that are on the ballot. Uh, really and truthfully, though, only... The only one that a lot of people are paying attention to is the sheriff's race. Uh, you have uh, um, Sheriff Jimmy J.J. Jones and you have Sheriff Tom Spangler, who are both running for the same position for the next four years. Uh, and so um, uh, if, if you go to brianhornback.com, uh, you'll see that I've linked to um, the, um, the Howl Hill podcast, uh, Howler and Hilton Hill, a local talk show host here in Knoxville, uh, had both candidates on, had one on, on a, had uh, Jones on on a Tuesday, had Spangler in on a Thursday. I've linked to both of those interviews uh, so you can contrast and compare uh, the two candidates. Um, and so that is really the, the one race that's garnered a lot of the attention. Uh, and it's simply because of the morale within the department uh, and things that um, um, things that are kind of going on. Um, we've had uh, fr from a from a sheriff's oh, golly, I just try to pick something up off my desk and anyway, um, from a sheriff's department perspective, we've we've had a couple of incidences um, that have not been favorable. Um, within, uh, on Tuesday, uh, this is being recorded on a Thursday, two days ago, a young man, 16 years old was laid to rest, uh, who died from a traffic accident in which he was driving a truck that had a stolen license plate on it. Um, the sheriff's department began, a uh, sheriff's department deputy began a pursuit. Uh, obviously a 16 year old kid, um, decided to get away the pursuit ended uh within just a few minutes of an accident a one-car accident of the truck uh and it killed both the driver and the passenger both of those were 16 year old juveniles from powell high school so um that that is one um issue that's come up that's not come out in the campaign um really just the just the fact that over the last three years there's been a a constant turnover of uh, folks leaving the department. More than 500 people have left the department in the last three years, which is really kind of uh, not 
been the norm for Knox County Sheriff's Office. Typically, people go to work for the Sheriff's Department and they stay there. They don't necessarily leave. And, and yes, you know, the, the pay is not great in Knox County, um, but we don't see that kind of turnover uh, at Blount County, at Loudoun County, at Anderson County. You don't see where half of your, uh, of your workforce has left within the last three years. Um, so there's something going on there. Again, um, can it all be attributed to one person, two people, three people, four people? I don't know. I'm, I'm not in that department. <clears throat> all I know is what I see, uh, the, the attack by Commissioner uh, Jay um, a year and a half ago on the Merit Council that has continued to to continue to um, be going on even today uh, at the next commission meeting. Um, they will uh, <clears throat> discuss the Merit Council again. There's a couple of appointments coming up on the Merit Council. Uh, there's litigation where the sheriff has sued the Merit Board, and so that litigation is in Chancery Court. Just a lot of multipliers uh, that have gone into that particular race. Um, the trustees race has gotten a little attention. Um, you have a uh, Justin Biggs, who's been an at-large County commissioner for the last three and a half, almost four years. Uh, who's been in that office for 16 years. Uh, who's running for that position. Uh, Ed Schaus, the, the trust current trustee is on a po- uh, is term limited. He's not unopposed. He's term limited. So he can't run again. Um, and so Justin's running for that, um, that position, uh, a, a gentleman who moved here in 2018, um, uh, to be president of Duraline, uh, which is a, is a international company that's headquartered in Turkey Creek. Um, he came here in 2018 to work for Duraline, um, and, uh, he stayed at Duraline about a year, uh, based on his LinkedIn and, uh, and through an interview that I did with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but anyway, he left your line. Um, doesn't I directly asked him what he does for a living, uh, and he said this and that. Uh, so uh, that's kind of interesting because the trustee, if you don't know, is a position where that office takes in all the property tax that's paid to Knox County. It is the, the county's banker. Uh, and so um, there's um, very, very important to have someone that knows the operation, that, that's been there, that that knows what they're doing. Because heaven forbid, when you're dealing with all the money in Knox County, you don't want something to go wrong. Um, that's how we pay for our our officers that's how we pay for our school teachers that's how we pay for everything that's how we pay it's it's that money that's brought in uh that pays for the asphalt uh to repave the streets uh to buy the stop signs uh all that stuff so uh it's important it's an important position a couple of judge positions uh general sessions division two there's a there's a contested election there in the republican primary between Judd Davis and Sharon Frankenberg. Um, really, judges can't say that this judge would would rule wrong in this way or, or that way. Um, they just go out in the campaign based on their background, 
their family, those types of issues, and ask for the vote. Now, in uh, the other judge position, judge position that has a Republican primary is the Chancellor Division Two, Chancellor Eddie Pridemore, who defeated a Democrat uh, incumbent eight years ago, served for eight years. Uh, he's been on the bench for eight years. Uh, that's uh, Chancellor Clarence Eddie Pridemore. He's being challenged by uh, a Knoxville, uh, a, a long-serving Knoxville attorney named Dino Cole, um, and also the former county commissioner, former law director, and now candidate for Chancery Court, Bud Armstrong. Um, interesting race, three-way race is, is always intriguing because it's not clearly a 50-50 deal. Um, so um, jury's still kind of out on where that shakes out. Um, you know, if, if Pridemore has some negatives, uh, so would Bud Armstrong have some negatives from his time as as the law director and as county commissioner. Uh, and uh, so anyway, um, I'm not 100% sure where Dino Cole lives, but I know that Armstrong's from up east. Uh, uh, Pridemore lives out west. Um, so I'm not sure if that will factor into it at all. Um, but um, it'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. Um, so, you know, that's kind of on the Democrat side. The only thing they've got going on is they've got a, a three-way primary for uh, county mayor uh, between Bob Fisher, Tyler Givens, and Debbie Helsley. Um, and so that will be interesting. The, the, the breakdown, um, let me pull it up here. Uh, the breakdown on, on the, um, actual, the actual votes, uh, the early votes. Okay. Not, not, uh, anything here. Um, but, uh, so far, um, oh, uh, so far 7,745 people have voted early in, um, in seven days. Um, and uh, there's been 903 absentee ballots cast for a grand total of 8,648 total votes that have been cast in the last seven days. Of those 8,648 votes, uh, 6,875 of them are Republican, and uh, 1,773 are Democrat. Uh, again, the early vote centers, there's 10 of them. Uh, downtown West is still uh, still running at number one uh, with the most highly trafficked early votes. Farragut runs there sometimes in number two, sometimes in number three. New Harvest Park out in the northeast area of the county. Uh, downtown West is kind of center uh, west. Farragut is deep west. New Harvest Park is out northeast. And then Halls is further north county. Uh, and then uh, Carnes is kind of northwest county. Uh, the Expo Center comes in. It's kind of in the center right there at Merchants Road and Clinton Highway. South Knoxville is out at uh, Meridian Baptist Church, the city county building. Carter out in the East Knox County area. That's where uh, Bud Armstrong uh, comes from. Uh, and then uh, Eternal Life Harvest in East Knoxville. Uh, that's kind of where the, that's kind that's where they've. That's how the that's where they ranked one through ten by number of early votes cast on day seven, which was on April twentieth, also known as four twenty. Uh, 
Um, so um, that's kind of where we're at uh, on early vote. Um, some things that you've probably heard about is uh, actions by the Tennessee uh, Republican State Executive Committee, which I am a member of. I am the I am the um, State Executive Committee man for District Six. That is the State Senate District served by uh, Senator State Senator Becky Duncan Massey. So what happens is when individuals go out and they get a petition and they get 25 people to sign the petition to go on the ballot, they turn that in as a Republican. Uh, and then once the filing deadline passes, there's a couple of days. Uh, the filing deadline is typically on a Thursday at noon. Uh, by Saturday at noon is the deadline if um, some people want to challenge someone being on the Republican ballot. And uh, there's some criteria that you have to uh, have to have done. Uh, the main criteria that people are focusing on is the three out of four. So, in other words, in order to be a bona fide Republican, you need to have voted in three out of four state or federal Republican primaries. Local primaries don't matter because in counties like Roan County, they don't they haven't historically had Republican primaries. Uh, at least local ones, okay? So the only Republican primaries that matter are the state and federal ones. So you need, in order to be a Republican, you need to have voted in three out of four. If for some reason you have not voted in three out of four, then there's some things that you could do, uh, like give money, spend time, have someone, have the local party vouch that, hey, he is, she is a bona fide Republican. But it takes two people who are, in fact, bona fide Republicans. That's somebody who's voted in three out of four state or federal local primaries to then challenge that person. That person's name then comes off the ballot. They're then given an opportunity to make their case, to get their vouchers from their local party, to prove that their voting record was wrong. Uh, and we actually, uh, the state party actually had a situation in Shelby County where a candidate was able to get <clears throat> the local election commission to admit that they aired in someone's vote record. <clears throat> but anyway, there's a, over 2,700 candidates running right now in the May primary. But what's going on right now that you're hearing a lot about is in preparation of the August 4th primary. Um, the state congressional district that has been served is still being served today by Democrat Representative Jim Cooper um, has been redistricted and there's a bunch of Republicans that want to run for that seat uh, there were four Republicans that were uh, that were challenged one of those individuals withdrew from uh, consideration withdrew his candidacy uh, the other three, went to the state executive committee. Now, in a congressional district like that, they take the number they take all the state executive committee members. There's two in every district and it's up to those people to determine if the candidate should be restored to the ballot or not restored to the ballot. Uh, and so there were I believe 16. Uh, state executive committee members that are now in the new um, 
fifth congressional district. Uh, and they voted, and uh, it's been reported that it was uh, 13 to 3. I don't, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, 13 to 3. So that's 16. Yeah, that's 16. Anyway, it was reported that it was 13 to 3 to remove um, Ortegas and Starbuck. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, not remove them, but to not restore them to the ballot. And then uh, on Baxter Lee, who is originally from like the Knoxville area, uh, it was a vote of like 11 to 5. Um, so um, to not restore Baxter Lee. So three candidates were taken off of the congressional ballot uh, in District 5. Uh, there are other challenges from across the state. Um as far as in my uh, state Senate district, um, I had to participate in a uh, call about two Republicans uh, that were running um, or wanting to run for governor. Um, and, uh, and so uh, that happened last night. Those two uh, candidates were not restored to the ballot. Uh, but uh, again, um, you can, uh, I know State Chairman uh, Scott Golden has been overwhelmed uh, with response from not only media in Tennessee, but media across the country. But uh, that, are, that is the, the role, uh, that, are, that is the rules uh, to be a candidate. And uh, I am running uh, for uh, election to the State Executive Committee uh, on August the 4th, uh, and, um, we made a, another chat. We had, we, we made another change in December to the, uh, bona fide requirements and we will continue to tweak that. And that's one reason that, uh, I am seeking the position again, uh, is, um, to ensure that we eventually get this policy right. Um, so anyway, um, things are well with the Tennessee Republican Party. Um, again, I think once people understand it, um, you know, from what I understand, I haven't talked to Ortegas. I haven't talked to Baxter Lee. I haven't talked to Robbie Starbuck. Uh, but from what I understand, they understand what the process was. Uh, probably not happy about it, but uh, it is what it is. And we'll continue as a state executive committee to work on it uh, and get it uh, where it is, uh, where it's it's as best as it can be. Uh, so anyway, that's my commitment. Uh, but okay, so that's that's where we're at there. Um, so I want to encourage everybody to continue to cast your early votes if you haven't uh, locally, because uh, that's all you can vote on right now is locally uh, at the at the primary level. Um, early vote is going on through April 28th and then election day is on May the 3rd. Uh, May 3rd is from 8 to 8, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And, uh, early voting has some mixed times, 10 to 5, typically Monday through Friday, 11 to 6 on Saturday, closed on Sunday. Um, some polling places like, uh, Carnes and, um, South, I think, are closed on Saturday. Uh, so, um, you know, so you need to go to the knoxvotes.org website to find that information. Anyway, I do appreciate you listening to the Brian Hornback experience. Uh, 
and uh, we'll have some more candidates on. I'm going to get them uh, scheduled here shortly, and uh, we'll get some more candidates on uh, to introduce them, let them speak to you, uh, and solicit your votes. But anyway, again, thank you for listening. Check out brianhornback.com. Um, I'm on a, I'm five or six, most all the podcast streams with this, also on YouTube. So like, subscribe, uh, get the notifications, uh, and uh, thank you for listening to the Brian Hornback Experience, and y'all have a great day. Wow.